Welcome to Double Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get into it. Hi, Keens. Hi, Jules. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, today has been a shit show. This is the longest day of my year so far, but I am still very excited about this episode and to chat with you. How's your day been? It's been fine. I'm so busy with holiday stuff. It is a week before Christmas as we record, Mm -hmm. and I'm so sick of all the holiday stuff and it's like every day it's like there's more I forgot I need to do or there's stuff coming up at my kids school or like we have to drive to this thing and I'm like over it yeah so I'm also in kind of a grumpy mood <laughs> that should make for even spicier content tonight I'm, actually, I'm more excited now yeah <laughs> and we know that one thing that will always bring us cheer is the housewives oh especially Atlanta season five yes Shall we jump right into the episode? Yes. So episode four is entitled Unmoved. And very apropos, we open the episode with Kim apparently vacating her, quote, haunted mansion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now she says the house is haunted. There's doors that open and close (laughs) on their own. I don't know if she's saying this just so she's trying to make it so the current owners will like not be able to rent it out. It's like best of luck to you with that scheme, Kim. Right. And it's it's funny because throughout the episode, we see these beats where Kim moved into this place and called it her dream home. She's like, everybody is so jealous of us Mm -hmm. because we have everything that we've ever wanted. And then now all of a sudden it has nasty energy. It's haunted. She can't wait to get the F out of here. Like, okay, Kim. Yeah. Um, and she's arguing with sweetie about what to pack from the bathroom. <laughs> and sweetie's like, well, you, cause you need to pack your toiletries. And, um, Kim's like, but I need to put my makeup on and wash my ass. <laughs> oh, Kim. Oh, Kim. Can you imagine? I do. Have to, I think like, God, poor sweetie trying to corral this woman and get her to do things while she just like rants and raves about her weird like theories about what's going on. I mean, you're right. But you know that I'm not a sweetie fan. If anything, I'm more of a Kim fan than a sweetie fan. Wow. 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 Okay. (laughs) So for me, when sweetie made it seem like, oh, all you need is like some soap and some toothpaste. And then Kim runs down this whole list of all the other things that she needs. She's like, it it takes a lot to look like this. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fair. Right? True enough. That's yeah. That's true. She's like, I need a wig brush and I need moisturizer. I need eyelashes. Toner, moisturizer, <laughs> all the things that you would, that actually, right, in your 30s, 40s, 50s are very critical to like your nighttime routine even I just feel like I'm able to pack these things into a travel bag and so she just needs to pack whatever she needs into a travel bag and then pack the rest of the bathroom like you know (laughs) listen you can't bring any level of logic when it comes to what Kim Zolciak does okay because it, it ruins the entire 
ambiance, the decor, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of illogic, oh, she's gosh. so stressed about, oh, I have so much to do. There's boxes everywhere. She says they have to be out hopefully by the end of the day because they got a notice. They had to be out. <laughs> And they're getting fined as they stay there, which clearly means they've missed the deadline. And now they're paying fines on still being in the house. So she's like, I got to go pack the bathroom. But before that, Croy, do you want to come have sex? Right. Since you can't help out. So I feel like we should get some sex in. He's like sitting at the island, the kitchen island, eating pizza. And she's like, he can't help because he has to work. But it's like right now he's just eating pizza, though. Right. Right. <laughs> Right, and then she says, "I wrote in parentheses, come f your wife." Yes, she does. <laughs> oh my god! They cut to Candy. Oh yeah, who says she's confused? She's like, "I'm so confused by this eviction. That's not an eviction." A little shade from Candy. Mm-hmm. We're in her new house now, and she's with her mom, Mama Joyce. Yep who's dropping major hints that she doesn't like her house anymore and wants to move near Candy. (laughs) (laughs) And I read it also as she wants Candy to buy her a new house. Which I believe will eventually happen. Probably. Mama Joyce gets what she wants. And then we also find out that Mama Joyce is the one that found the house that Candy bought. And it sounds like when Mama Joyce identified it, it was... As a, hey, you can live there and then I can live here. Because there's a guest house. Right. Yeah. And Candy was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to Kim's house. She storms down to the basement and finds movers there packing up her whole basement in boxes. And they're just putting stuff in boxes and labeling it basement mix. And she opens the boxes, so she's undoing their work, and she's so mad, like, what, you got Christmas lights in here next to the margarita machine? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It's like, what? She's like, I just thought that these movers were going to, like, come and organize everything so everything would be organized, and they're not doing that. And then she reveals that the movers are making $35 an hour apiece. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, when you're paying someone $35 an hour – you're lucky that they're putting stuff in boxes for you right i did i did want to say that this was something that i really liked um so this segment um i call it the sort of split story edit because Uh we see and it's something that i forgot but we haven't seen a lot of i think in more recent housewives seasons i think so yeah um but so we actually see it's almost as if uh the segments of each housewife is sort of talking to each other and responding to things that are happening in I really liked it so we see Kim and her shit show of a move compared to Candy and her like very calm very easygoing move uh-huh um and then we also have Nini interjecting to sort of fill out the story yes and I was kind of obsessed with this version of storytelling so big ups to the editors for this yeah and I was actually thinking that this might be that like a lot of these women are not filming with each other for the episode Mm -hmm. Candy has just been in our house the last few times we've seen her she's like not doing a lot of interacting I guess we do see her at Phaedra's party later but like yeah there's I think there's just like a lot going on with their individual plot lines. So I thought this was a fun way to kind of make them all make sense together. Exactly. And the best part was Nini's confessional. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, so Nini uh, shades uh, Kim by talking about her dream home versus uh, the haunted house. And she said, can you just stop playing and admit that your credit wouldn't allow you to get the home? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I I will in real time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Jules said that exact same thing. Oh, Nini definitely has Kim's number. Right. Oh. And then cut to Kim just storming around yelling, it's this house. It's this shithole of a house. Right. And then cut back to Candy in her beautiful home saying, yeah, sweetie said that she needed to lock her doors. But I know that I have million dollar homes, not guns. And I own my home. (laughs) Yes. Candy will always get the last word. It was so perfect. So there is this. I was actually, I remember watching the episode and feeling a little bit concerned because Kim, for her part, seemed to be on the brink of firing everybody, (laughs) running and storming out and was like cussing things out. She's like, how dare they want them out of my house because they're not organizing things, uh, even though you're only paying them $35 an hour. Um, And Sweetie says, okay, you can't cuss people out because it's not proper. Yeah. Good luck with that, sweetie. Oh, gosh. Is, I wonder if sweetie... Is sweetie her real name? I have no idea. Could you imagine if she... If Kim Zolciak hired a black woman and then just nicknamed her sweetie? Oh, God. I would totally believe it, but I really hope that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, don't I actually know. think sweetie is such a cute name if it's your real name. You think so? I don't know. I guess, like, I wouldn't really like to go through life known as Sweetie, but, like, if I met someone named Sweetie, I'd be like, oh, I love that. No. I, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go no for that one. It's it's a no for me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so we leave uh, Kim in shambles and cut to Phaedra getting Aiden's first haircut yeah he's about to turn two he is so cute he's so cute and he's scared of the barbershop but then apollo helps cut his hair because apollo is quote a master barber yeah by trade yeah (laughs) apollo is by trade a master barber (laughs) (laughs) so i it's like how true is that who can say i mean this is the thing i will say that obi was very much sort of a jack of all trades and so i think that people who are capable of lots of things end up doing a little bit of everything throughout their lives so it didn't strike me as odd that apollo was also a barber at some point but the saying is jack of all trades master of none so is he really a master barber oh. is my question. I feel like Phaedra would definitely embellish that part. Don't you're you right. think? You're yeah. right. <laughs> right. Yes. This The same woman who said that for her two-year-old to get a haircut, that she wanted him to look like a, quote, Southern gentleman. <laughs> Very <laughs> dapper. I'm like, he's two. <laughs> And then they also reveal they're spending $20,000 on his second birthday party. Right. Well, it's going to be at an aquarium with a private dolphin show, Jules. No, I mean, it looked very expensive. <laughs> it, I was definitely like, okay, I see where this money went. Right. And Dwight is the party planner. Yes. So I think everything with them is just pure opulence. Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, later she says, Dwight and I don't plan parties. We curate experiences. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I loved it. I want I want everything she says on a t-shirt. Oh, absolutely. It's like I'm falling in love with her all over again, <laughs> and I'm so excited about it. So we go to Portia now. Oh my gosh. She's in the kitchen with her husband. Um, I think that here's my theory. Like they realize they need Portia. So they're just getting like B-roll of her doing all kinds of things that where she's not actually interacting with the other women, but they're just sort of spicing them in. So she's part of the episodes until she meets the other women again. You think so? Well, cause we see her in her kitchen with her husband and later she's like rock climbing with her sister, but it's like, it's not like she's invited to Phaedra's birthday party or anything. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause she, yeah, she's not really in the know per se. Yeah, you're probably right then. Well, I will say that I think that this interaction, I suspect, was pre-recorded in terms of like it was planned ahead of, or like it was planned out that she was going to be recording with her husband mm-hmm. because he, she's cooking. And I got the sense that maybe Portia doesn't cook that often. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? Right? <laughs> She's like, I'm making breakfast. He's like, oh, what are you, what are you making? She's like, well, you know, eggs and I uh, got the sausage. She's like, oh, okay, you got it. That's everything you need, I guess. I'm like, this is the weirdest interaction. But yeah. Okay. I guess <laughs> you are a housewife, so you're doing this. Yeah. Um, I will say that there were so many gems in just this conversation oh, between absolutely. Portia and Cordell. Absolutely. So for one thing, she tells him about getting Kenya's title wrong. And then the two of them have a conversation <laughs> where they try to figure out what the different titles even are. <laughs> and they agree that you have to win Miss USA and then you compete for Miss America and then you compete for Miss Universe. Right. Which is <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> Does Miss USA go to Miss Universe? Yes. Okay, so those things are connected. But they, they yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, Miss USA, that's a step below Miss America. Right, which it's not. They're completely different pageants. And that, what I thought was funniest was that at the beginning, I thought Cordell got it because he's like, gently right he's like well no baby because they're 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 different things right because at first she was like aren't they the same i thought they were different names for the same thing right and he's (laughs) like no no baby they're they're different things and then i was like okay so he gets it and then he definitely doesn't get it i mean it was it was terrible um but i loved it and i bet kenya was really fuming when she watched this scene and that was so funny to me and then, well, um, she's, like, trying to figure out why Kenny's so mad about a little mistake. And he says, well, you never know. Like, maybe she's got her own issues and it's not that much about you. Cut to Portia in the confessional saying, she's an older lady. And maybe this woman just has low self-esteem, basically. <laughs> in the most understanding tone. Right? Oh, <laughs> like, my gosh. Trying to understand this older lady and her issues. No, I will say that there was also something I wrote down for this interaction before we even get to that part. So what was really funny was when uh, Portia and Cordell, when they're talking, there was this really funny part where he is asking her about what happened. And she's like, yeah, it was, it was a, it was crazy. She was acting so bad at the party. Like she was, it was out of control. She was looking at her phone, not even listening to me. And the editors 
were so shady because as she said that Cordell had his phone in his hand (laughs) sets it down puts it face down and then looks up at Portia as if he's completely paying attention she's like yeah it was like she didn't even care she wasn't even present in the moment you know he's like yeah and then I did not catch that right the second beat was when he asks like okay did you apologize and she's like it was a fraudulent slip she clearly meant Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I believe, to be a fraudulent slip. It was a fraudulent <laughs> slip. And then she's like, no, yeah, I apologize twice. Twice. And then that's when Cordell says what he says about, well, you know, it might not be about you at all. Yeah. And I think that there's the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? Like Portia and Kenya don't mesh well because they are such different ladies. I mean, it did seem like Kenya was kind of determined to not like Portia. Yeah. And I think Portia was ready to like Kenya, but as soon as she sensed that, like, twinge of resistance from her, I think she was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I don't have to be nice to you. Yeah. And, I mean, and I think that she actually put it pretty interestingly when she says, like, oh, you know, there's probably things about her life that she doesn't like, which... It's true. It is really true. Yeah. Um, so this segment ends first with Cordell saying to his wife, well, you can't let one bad apple can't make that pot go like that. Uh. <laughs> She's like, what is happening? You're putting apples in pots? Right. I'm like, huh? It, I feel like there wasn't enough discussion or dissection about how Cordell and Portia matched each other's energy. Like, I think that there was oftentimes Portia got framed up as like this young, dumb, ditzy wife, which isn't a completely inaccurate statement. Like she's also like beautiful and fun loving and goofy. And she's really and smart. happy to be like, Oh, I'm little of me. I'm just a ditz. Like she doesn't, she's fine with that. Right. But meanwhile, Cordell doesn't seem to be all there either. Like he's not this like pinnacle of like, he's not a professor of anything, right? Like he's also just like a regular human. Um, And so, yeah, the segment ends with Portia burning the biscuits. Oh no, I burned it again. Again. She's such a cute little Barbie doll in the kitchen. (laughs) Okay. On that note, should we take a break? Yes, let's do it. we're back so when we return uh we have kenya who's introducing walter to her family and it's her aunt her uncle and her cousin that's right aunt Lori is finally getting to meet walter kenya is nervous that her family will scare him off mm. kenya who openly tells him that she <laughs> wishes she was already pregnant with his child right <laughs> but okay okay uh, so Walter mentions that he's the first minority to get a large towing contract. And then he calls himself <laughs> the Martin Luther King of towing. <laughs> and it sounds like a, a joke he makes a lot. Like uh, this is his sort of like way of introducing himself. And I, how does this go over well? I'm just, I chalk it up to the fact that people in the South are just different. Yeah. And I mean, because Martin Luther King was from 
He was from Birmingham, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he's from the South. He grew up in the South. A lot of the people that maybe make these jokes are people that were legitimately fighting alongside Dr. King. So maybe it's just like a different vibe. (laughs) But I was, I was, I mean, I felt myself having that sort of blank stare like what is happening experience but they all seem to laugh about it so i don't know okay (laughs) yeah you tell well basically you tell me if he's can say that because i'm not gonna tell him he can't say that but it did it struck me as maybe not being appropriate right i mean i don't know i think that there's like jokes that are technically bad form this didn't feel like a bad form joke it just felt like a weird joke to me it's like not funny enough to warrant referencing the late dr king right maybe not yeah but okay so Lori asks how they met and walter says they were at a bowling tournament a celebrity bowling tournament. Yeah. Like, apparently Kenya was a celebrity. No, he- Kenya wasn't a celebrity, oh. <laughs> right? That was the whole point that I thought was so funny. Oh, okay. I was confused about that. It sounded to me like they were both at this event, but she wasn't a celebrity bowler and neither was he. So they okay. were there for maybe to bowl or to watch celebrities who were bowling. I don't know. <sighs> okay. Right? So this is like a sad event that they met at. And Walter says he was kind of interested in her and he asked a friend to introduce them and Kenya rolls her eyes. <laughs> kind of. Then <laughs> <laughs> Kenya says he was very interested. He was constantly calling her friend over and over again to ask to introduce them. And the family believes Walter's version. <laughs> And it's not like he's like, oh, Kenya, no, I didn't. Or he's not even engaging with her in a jokey way. He's just like, well, no, I don't know. He's like, no, no, that's not what happened. Yeah. It's like they're not even like she feels like she seems to think they're having some kind of like couples banter about this. Yeah. But he's not engaging with her in that. It's so weird. It is very weird. I don't know. So then uh, Kenya's Aunt Lori asks Walter about marriage and he describes himself as cautious that he wants to be in love, but that he can't rush when it comes to Kenya. And to me, this seems like the opposite of what Kenya's looking for. Yeah. He's like, I need to take a lot of time. I really don't want to get rushed into marriage. And she's like, I want to be pregnant yesterday. Right. And so it was weird because the Aunt, Lo- Aunt Lori still gives her sort of stamp of approval. Well, she thinks it's good that he doesn't want to rush. And you get the sense that Kenya wants to rush things a lot. Mm. And so maybe she's rushed into things with bad men, which honestly, we know she does it in the future. So I wouldn't be surprised if she did in the past. That does track with what we know, even in season five, this early stage about Kenya's personality is that she seems to want to skip to the end of things rather than sort of work through the process. So maybe, maybe you're right that... Aunt Lori might have seen Walter as somebody that could be good for Kenya to like get her to slow down and just sort of savor the moment. 
Yeah, like he is stable. You can't take that away from good old Walter. Right. Oh, which reminds me, in the confessional, Kenya mentions, you know, Walter isn't a celebrity. He doesn't have a glamorous life or career, but he is very successful. And that's sexy to me. <laughs> a successful tow truck uh, owner operator. I mean, he is technically a business owner, so I get it. Sure. I mean, I can't, I don't own a business. I <laughs> certainly nothing for me to sneeze at. There are a lot of tow truck owners that I'm sure live like kings compared to me. Right. I guess the only thing that I meant was to focus on Kenya and her shenanigans, not on you, Jules. No, 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 no. I know. Never that. <laughs> but Kenya just being. Oh, she's such a with an odd bird. Is that yeah, what Fraser called it? Strange bird. A strange bird. Like I don't know. So in confessional, Kenya also says that she thinks her family is putting him on the spot, and that's why he's not saying. That's why he's saying he doesn't want to rush in. But she knows they're both on the same page about mar- getting married. when did that like even it's you know there's a part of me that is very curious about what it would be like to be on a reality tv show and to sort of see myself so that i can see the things that maybe people pick up on that i'm not picking up on because i'm in the moment but i'm like how do you interact with this man and think that he is that into you she's it's true he he truly gives her zero indication that he's on board with a fast track of their relationship that he feels very strongly about being with her and i think this is just kenya's like maybe i want to say maybe narcissism that she's not reading signals from other people she's Mm. just kind of like pasting her own narrative over things yeah she's seeing what she wants to see yeah saying and basically describing events that in a way that serves her, which I think that we have seen when you write in the earlier episode when she described her sort of showdown with Cynthia. As a viewer, we didn't see it the way that you described it, Kenya. Yeah. But Kenya's version of events was wildly entertaining. So maybe maybe people in her life also allow her to get away with it. And I don't know. It's hard to know, too, how much she believes what she's saying or how much she's just kind of trying to convince other people. Yeah. She seems really convinced of it herself, but it's like, who can say? Right. And it's funny because there's that part of me that thinks sometimes about how editing on reality TV can make you think anything to a certain extent. And But I'm like, this is early. This is season five. She's saying it all. Yeah. And we're not like... Maybe Walter was like nervous and wasn't being his full self when he was, you know, on camera. But I think even like Todd isn't and has never been this like big personality when it comes to anything other than maybe money. Right. (laughs) And even in those like there are those beats where you can tell how into candy absolutely like and I, I think that those are things you can tell greg loves nini right you can tell croy is obsessed with kim and yeah. i'm like i suspect that we're not seeing it because it doesn't exist unfortunately yeah mm. <sighs> yeah i have this theory that okay i feel like i did this when i first went to college and i was just sort of like trying to meet people and stuff like finding guys who are kind of like shy and nerdy and being like, ooh, want to flirt, want to date because it was like so not intimidating at all. And I felt like I could like 
they're like, well, they're, they're definitely going to want to be with me because I'm like mm. out of their league. So I will like, of course, this is like a sure thing for me that they're going to be into me. And then, of course, like, like, no, <laughs> not into it. <laughs> but I feel like she's chosen Walter because she's like, of course, he's going to want to be with me. I'll be the best thing that ever happened to him. I'm so out of his league. Oh, yeah. I could see that, too. And you're right. I mean, I'm also guilty of going for like the nerdy socially awkward guy because it makes me feel more comfortable right in my own skin and then also I don't know I think I'll stop there (laughs) yeah well I do love I love nerdy people in general I I think nerdy guys are cute but I think it was just sort of like I I I feel like the thing she's doing is being like I really really don't want to get rejected so I'm gonna choose someone who I assume will never reject me no matter what I say or do to them yeah which odd that she chose Walter for that I know she really she really picked the wrong guy whatever (sighs) okay so Dwight and Phaedra are coordinating experiences yes um they go we uh see them at the aquarium in Atlanta which I had heard about the aquarium before because it is like a really large and beautiful venue. Yeah. Um, whether it's completely appropriate for a twenty thousand dollar party for a two year old, I don't know. No, it looks like it's a big room with like a glass and beluga whales swimming on the other side, and I'm assuming people have weddings here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's really beautiful, and so as part of their experience coordination, um, they have a grand entrance that includes a marching band and a train. Yeah, there's like a train like a motor operated train that just drives into the party with with Phaedra and Aiden and Apollo sitting in the front and then a bunch of other like I guess family members sitting yeah. behind them. It was so bizarre <laughs> and I can't remember who was like what is going on with these trains? Like how is that connected? And Phaedra does clarify that trains are one of like Aiden's favorite things. Yeah, oh sure. Which I mean what little kid doesn't like, you know, trains or planes or Oh my Cars. god. When my daughter was that age, we took her to like this little amusement park thing and there was like a train ride. We got her on the train ride and she sat perfectly still looking straight ahead with no expression for like while well, it did the thing. And then the second we were like, "Okay, time to get off." She just screamed bloody murder and like clung to the train and didn't want to leave. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, "Wait, I thought you didn't even care." She's <laughs> like, "I just wanted to sit very seriously and ride this train." <laughs> kids are hilarious so she was basically having the time of her life but gave you nothing yeah we were like i guess she okay she made she just was on it seemed like such a non-experience for her oh my gosh that's so funny um so at the party uh kim calls phaedra and phaedra comments that she appears to be mighty busy and (laughs) they talk about how often kim ends up not being present for group events uh we haven't i don't think we've seen her oh like she kind of went to the party earlier in the season but she left after five minutes because she was so late oh yeah that's right she's always kind of getting out of things yeah she comes up with like excuses is i think the vibe and not to break the fourth wall but they get paid to go to these events like this is part of their shooting schedule so she's constantly just like i believe She's contracted to do these things, and then she just simply doesn't do them. Interesting. And also that she's like, we're moving, and it's like, you've been moving for weeks. Right? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, 
some discussion about how Kim was moving and why she was moving. I guess there was some tweets that came out that suggested that she hadn't paid her bill. Right. The landlord of the house that Kim's been squatting in has been <laughs> has taken to Twitter to tell everybody that Kim doesn't pay rent, which I'm sure is true. And Kim was just not having it. And so the ladies are basically curious and they're kind of gossiping about whether she's been evicted, like what exactly is going on with this. But regardless, Kim doesn't show up to the event to speak for herself. Nope. And so uh, I wrote down because I love a shady editor moment. And so we get to the private dolphin show, which as far as we can tell from the segment with Phaedra is part of why this party was just so expensive because they had this private show. And she says, expensive to some, I always say those who can do, those who can't dream and others just hate. (laughs) Yes, Phaedra. It seems like this show goes on for hours and everyone is so bored. Right. And just like, why? Like, they had a whole party and then they had to go to the show. For right. Like, so mean. The best part for me was the voiceover where Phaedra's describing it. It's like in the vein of Broadway. Yeah. And everybody is yawning, looking around. The editors are playing that yeah. music that, like, shows nobody's having a good time. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Well, I guess it's not always money well spent. Yeah. And Aiden, first he's like excited about it. And then he's like, I'm sleepy. <laughs> he doesn't want to watch it anymore. Oh my gosh. Aiden is he's so cute. He's like truly one of the cutest children I've ever seen. He's, I mean, so adorable. Like his little face. I can't. Uh, it Like it's making like my heart. Like he's, he's <laughs> so freaking cute. Like it's adorable. Yeah. Um, So we get back to Kim, who is packing and she's stressed out. She's ranting about how she's been accused of not paying her bills. And she's like, listen, this was impossible. We only had 12 hours to get this whole thing done. Oh, my God. It's first it was 48 hours. Then it was 12 hours. It's like, (laughs) but you also had like three months before that when you could have been doing this. Right. And you were actively planning to hold over on your lease <laughs> for months like, we what, saw you plan to squat there. right what, what did you just like oh you can't evict me it takes 60 days or something she was saying so i'm like okay kim nothing you're saying makes any sense and no. then she says very solemnly like well you know the higher you climb the more people want to tear you down yeah that's <laughs> everyone's just so jealous of her, this woman's success success at something something and so Kim is still sort of spinning out of control. And she's like, I, she turns to Sweetie. She's like, I need you. I need your help. You have to help me with this. And so Sweetie, we then see, walks over to a guy and says, can we do this? And then they're like, yes, let's get going. Let's start packing everything up. <laughs> and then Kim's like, I'm so grateful for Sweetie. I don't know what I would do without her. And we're like, we meaning the viewers are like, girl, what? Like, what did Sweetie actually do? Okay, the only reason I think maybe Sweetie does something useful there is that every time Kim tries to interact with the movers, she just ends up storming around and yelling Mm -hmm. about how the house is haunted. 
And so Sweetie <laughs> just going to the movers and be like, I think we're ready. Can we move it along? It was just like something Kim is not capable of doing. Just my theory. I think that's a good theory, right? Because, I mean, I, and this is true, right? I, I can't remember if it happened in this episode or there was, like, another episode. But Kim reacts to how big her personality is. And it's like, well, Corey never does that. She's like, well, of course not. Corey, you can't have two people doing that. I'm the crazy one. Like, Corey's yeah. the <laughs> calm one. And it's sort of that it's reminiscent of that vibe where you need somebody to be able to communicate effectively and calmly in order to get things done. And you're right. That is not Kim strong suit. She's incapable of it. I don't know that we've ever seen her. Yeah, she, she is (laughs) incapable of it. How has she gotten this far in life? I'll never know. Chain smoking and big Papa, I guess. Yeah. Big Papa. Ooh. Anyways, Um, so then we have, and this was one of the things that I had forgotten how much I loved about season five, but the relationship between Cynthia and Nini. Yeah, they go out for smoothies, Mm -hmm. and Nini makes fun of Kim for leaving the party a few weeks ago, and she says, Kim is the queen of excuses. Yeah, she makes them up, and I, I think that she believes them herself. I think that's true. Right. And I'm just like, she really might like the way that Nini shines in this part. Like if you haven't seen it already, you have to watch this. So she is making faces and just, and then while she's mocking Kim, she's like, Oh, because you know, Croy's busy and the, <laughs> the sitter's gone. She has to go home. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so perfect. Oh, I love your Nini impression. <laughs> You've got it down. I wish that that were true, but I will take that. Thank you very much. Okay, someday we'll have to do a Nini and Phaedra scene together. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Nini and Phaedra. So Nini at this <laughs> right luncheon with Cynthia, she says, oh, I almost forgot to tell you. I have a recording of Phaedra talking about you behind your back. And she's like, wait, what? Yeah. She actually brings it up. She's like, um, if Phaedra don't give a F about you. Okay. I'll just say it. If Phaedra don't give a fuck about you, then I don't give a fuck about Kim. <laughs> And he's like, what are you talking about? Right. And that's when Nini says, oh, yeah, that's right. I have this recording. I guess she butt dialed one of my friends. And then it was a long voicemail, honey. Go ahead. Listen to it. So Phaedra has accidentally pocket dialed slash butt dialed a friend of Nini's and recorded Mm -hmm. herself talking about how she doesn't care if Cynthia goes to the party, which is (laughs) absolutely wild <laughs> she hasn't done as far as we can tell cynthia hasn't done anything to no. Phaedra to like even warrant this but she literally says oh and then cynthia's gonna be out of town honestly i don't give a fuck about her coming and they listen to it multiple times and cynthia takes very specific notes she's like I don't give an F about you coming. Interesting. And so she turns to Nini and asks, like, what should I do? And of course, Nini says, well, you need to confront her, honey. Of course. Yes. So I think what's really interesting about this clip 
is it's just so not the way Phaedra presents herself at all. And I get it. She's probably talking to Apollo in the kitchen. Or something. But the way we see her when she knows she's on camera is very different from this clip of just being kind of like, I don't give a fuck. Right. Um, And I love it. I love to get this glimpse behind the Phaedra curtain. Same. And I also don't mind at all that she's kind of putting on a show for us. <laughs> At all, right? Yeah. I think that her show is effective, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Nini has this great one-liner where she talks about how, you know, that well, this is the disadvantage of having a big ass, is you they dial in phones. <laughs> she says, now they dial in phones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so to your point about sort of the facade that Phaedra presents – Nini and uh, Cynthia then have what I thought was just such a pure, hilarious moment where they're talking about Phaedra. And they're like, oh, yes, because, you know, Phaedra, she doesn't, dr- she's not drinking, she's not mm-hmm. smoking, she's not having sex, she's having a prayer card, she's clasping her hands. And I was just like, this version of Phaedra that Phaedra wants us to believe is who she is cracks me up because I I honestly think that Phaedra is a part of is partly that but I also think that she is somebody who catches that shade she cusses I mean she had sex with her husband before they were married yeah she's kind of a party girl in a lot of ways yeah I feel like she's more fun loving than I think she especially in season five was comfortable admitting to herself yeah but I think that once Phaedra really became more confident in who she was and what she brings to the table regardless of any sort of facade about like ultra professionalism or being a southern belle is when she started to shine even more but season five Phaedra was a little a little uppity yes absolutely she's a proper southern lady a proper southern lady so we just do a little thing where Portia and Lauren are rock climbing mm-hmm. on a, like a climbing wall and nothing happens except Portia's just so funny. She's like, I'm scared. I'm up too high. Ah, let me down. Ow, my coochie. <laughs> like... Have you ever been rock climbing? <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible at it. I feel like it's a weird flex to be good at rock climbing. Okay. I, I like that because I'm bad at it. So I'm bad I, at I, it. Okay, great. People who are good at rock climbing think they're so cool. Right? Oh, because you have muscles in your arms and legs. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Whatever. But I do remember like the belay. The belay, right? Is what you say when you're either going up or going down. And that was the one note that I had from this cute little segment was because they're like, belay! Belay! <laughs> I don't I I've, I haven't I don't go rock climbing enough to know what these things mean but it was so funny because my memory was I was like it has something to do with the rope I don't know what but it has something to do with the rope yeah that keeps you safe and not falling <laughs> uh, okay so now we go to Kenya oh my god she's in the kitchen she's making Stouffer's <laughs> I face right now. Sorry. Keens's face right now is so funny. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I just I I was so mad at this entire interaction. <laughs> you have no idea how mad I was. Like so Kenya comes home with a Trader Joe's bag and then she pops it out. And puts a bunch of food in the microwave. And it's has, like Stouffer's oven yes, meals or whatever. Yeah, Some weird oven meal that she microwaves. 
and a salad like one or two salads that she like mixes up a little bit to make look like she created it then she goes as far as to put these microwave dinners on plates and then put like one or two little pieces of pasta in a pan yeah she's like so it looks like i cooked it right (laughs) like setting the entire scene only for walter to walk in and say wow something smells really good she's like yeah i was cooking and i'm like some rom-com nonsense this is so stupid like this is something that you might do when you're like 22, 23, but we know that Kenya is well past that. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I, cause it's like, sorry, you have to convince Walter that you cooked all day. That's weird. I don't think Walter cares at all. I think you could be like, I made oven meals and he'd be like, okay, great. So, but then they sit down to eat. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the way it could be every night if we were together. Right. Oh, uh, you know, and this is, and then she goes on in great detail about, you know, this is something I had to like marinate the chicken. I had <laughs> to like make the pasta, make sure the sauce and the flavors were right. This was a lot of work. But, you know, when things are important to you, you have to make time for it. Yeah, I couldn't tell if she was like, joking here obviously the odd like everyone knows like it's on camera that she did this so maybe you think that's like funny that she's saying this but it's like are you really trying to convince him what a weird lie and also obviously if he watches this who like the like i don't know it was just so strange it did not make sense at all but now that you mention it it could be that maybe she was doing a bit and it just didn't come off as a bit to me it came off like she was being sincere but then you know now i'm like reacting to this in real time like my the brain little what are these called the like little corks what are they the screws (laughs) the gears gears what did i say corks Corks. Uh-oh, too much wine. Now there's quirks in your brain. Oh, my gosh. So the gears are turning, and I'm thinking about how often when we see Kenya on camera, she is this, like, over-the-top personality. But when she's having this conversation with Walter, there's, like, this level of sincerity that I'm like, oh, that's not the Kenya that we know very well because Kenya's always, like, smiley and big. But when she's talking about the food, it's like – you know, I spent a lot of time. So I think maybe you're right that it was just a bit and I shouldn't be as angry at her as I was. I just feel like she's like, I'm going to go on Housewives and I'm going to be the single ingenue that everybody loves mm. trying to get this man to commit so I can finally have a baby and that's going to be my thing. And so I'm doing like, I'm just falling all over myself trying to get this like food in the oven and like, I'm having meals with him where I like tell him what I, that I want commitment. And then I get mad at him when he says stuff. And like, I feel like there's a, it's like very performative. Yeah. No, that's so true. And I think she thinks she's showing us a version of herself, but what we're really seeing is a real, a very different version. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, it's, I think it is very clear that Kenya is going through some stuff, but that she hasn't fully confronted a lot of it. Yeah. And so the way that this it's there's like a level of inconsistency that is kind of scary if you are dealing with it in real time. Right. So she says, oh, you know, no pressure, but I want to be married. And if I was nine months pregnant today, I'd be so happy. Right. But no pressure. 
but it's so weird. It's, it's like weird. this isn't a, a just I I mean God I don't want to like enforce gender roles in dating and I totally am I do feel like if you're in a serious partnership and you, you like you should be able to lay out like this is what I want yeah but like if you're trying to convince him you're going about it in such a way that like most people are just going to say no to this because you're coming at it so hard that it's scary yeah. And also, you're not listen- You're not even, like, seeing his response to it. So it's like you're supposedly laying it all out on the line, but you're not, like, actually taking in his answer to you. Mm-hmm. Because she keeps saying this, and he's like, oh, okay. He never indicates that he wants the same thing. At all. I was – and I'm not a body language expert, right? But everything about him in this interaction to me was screaming, no. This mm-hmm. isn't what I want. Yeah. Like, stop talking about this and she never stopped actually (laughs) it was awkward so awkward oh my god i don't know but with that maybe this is a good time for us to take another break yes So, Cynthia and Phaedra are meeting for lunch. Mm-hmm. And this is after Nini's revealed what Phaedra said about Cynthia behind her back. So, I was expecting something very dramatic, but instead we see Cynthia giving Phaedra a gift for Aiden. <laughs> Yeah, Cynthia just doesn't come in. She's so nice. She's never going to be, like, really messing with somebody. So she's kind of like, how's the party? No drama? Wow, life is so crazy. Really crazy things happen. Right. (laughs) But to her credit, when she first gets to the venue and she gives over the gift, she says, and I quote, I think this is the only thing of Aiden's I've ever missed. So I'm hoping ain't going to be no nonsense about it because she wants immediately to set the stage to say, listen, I always support your son. Right. Mm-hmm. And Phaedra, not any of the wiser about what's going on. Oh yeah. No, I think you're right. It is the first one. Oh, this is so sweet. Thank you so much. Like everything seems so happy-go-lucky and I'm like Cynthia when are you gonna bring out the claws she keeps trying to sort of like sort of see like it's pretty crazy crazy things and Phaedra's like okay mm-hmm. so Cynthia says you know actually someone told me that you said you really didn't give a fuck if I came to the party and Phaedra's like what you know I don't use the f word <laughs> don't talk that way that's crazy i don't recall the conversation right. which is fair enough she would not recall that conversation because she was just probably talking to her husband in their kitchen <laughs> <laughs> and phaedra in the confessional she says i don't know where she's getting that because i don't engage in gossip or any of that tomfoolery <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
so Cynthia's like, well, I actually have a recording of it because you butt dialed someone and left a voicemail. She's like, do you want me to play the recording? <laughs> Pedro's response is to go, oh, what was that? Something bit me. He wants that sweet chocolate. <laughs> and now she's just talking about a bug wanting her chocolate skin. And she completely changes the subject by just laughing and acting cute about the bug biting her. It's yeah. A, it is something to behold. It's absolutely I feel like this is like a master class in saying, okay, I'm caught. I, if you say you have a recording, I don't know why you would say you have a recording on camera if you didn't actually have it. So I'm going to look foolish if we keep going down this whole path. So instead, LOL. Oh my goodness. Did something just bite me? Like who comes up with that it's other incredible. than Phaedra? It was and of course, because it's Cynthia, Cynthia isn't going to like stand in it and no. force her to confront this. She's just going to like sit <laughs> quietly. That was all truly all she had to do to get out of it with Cynthia, which is so funny. Cynthia is just like, a, I love her, but she, you know, she's kind of a pushover. She's really sweet. She doesn't like conflict. Yeah. So for <laughs> Phaedra really played that beautifully. Oh my goodness. And then uh, Cynthia then comments like in the confessional, not to Phaedra's face. She's like, yeah, I don't trust Phaedra. I'm like, I don't know why you ever trusted Phaedra. No. And, and for, as a reminder, right, we are introduced to Phaedra pregnant and she lies about how far along she is because she doesn't want anybody to realize that she got pregnant before her and her husband, Apollo, actually got married. Yeah. So she just decides to bring up this lie. This is when she's first being introduced to all of the yeah. women, right? She brings up a lie about, oh, yeah, I'm about you know, six, six, I think, I don't know, like five, six months pregnant. She's like, they kept changing my due date. Right. And Nini's like, okay, hold on. Every, like even women from the hood don't know who their baby daddy is, but know how far along they are. Like you sound dumb. And I'm like, <laughs> so we are introduced to Phaedra as somebody who will move heaven and earth and a baby due date in order to fit the narrative. Like she sat at this was like this was the season before right so this was in season four she sat at a luncheon and said oh yeah i think i was supposed to be due in july but this baby got about to be about to have to come up out of here and they're like um is it safe to ha like have a baby at six months she's like well you know if everything's fully formed i'm like i'm sorry you're convinced <laughs> you think that you're about to convince a a room or a table filled with women who I think almost everybody there had given birth that it's perfectly reasonable to have a C-section at six months pregnant. Uh, if everything is a special baby, it's just ready to go. Yeah, Everything's fully formed. So this is the context within which <laughs> Cynthia has met Phaedra, but it takes her butt dialing somebody for Cynthia to conclude she can't trust her. I'm like, Cynthia, yeah. I like you so much, but girl. Oh, no. She's just too sweet for her oh, own good. Too sweet. Too sweet and too beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, what what a combo. But, right. um, yeah, Phaedra will never admit defeat. She'll never. You'll never hear her, like, confess to the, the lie. Oh, no. Never. She's just going to move on to something else. Yeah. And, I mean, 
I don't know. Maybe it's a lawyer in her. Admit nothing. Never yeah, admit defeat. I don't know. I don't know. I can't help but admire it. Same. Yeah. Okay. So now we go back to Kim, who's moved into the townhouse. They open the door. The townhouse is just full of crap. Looks like an absolute nightmare to try to unpack this place. Right. She immediately says, yeah, you know, we turned down three offers because God's timing. You know, everybody wanted this place, but I'm so glad that we didn't sell it. It's like if you'd sold it, you'd have money to buy <laughs> up another place. You Maybe you should have sold the townhouse so you could buy the mansion. Right. No, she didn't want the mansion. Uh. It's haunted. <laughs> it has really bad juju, that mansion. She's so confounding. Oh, my God. Okay. So to underline that, the landscaping truck pulls up in front of the house full of all the flowers they've pulled out of the dream home and two giant palm trees that they have ripped out of the ground because Kim says she paid for them to be planted. Oh, my god! And she's like laughing like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, we got them. And I'm like, you now have like two 30-foot palm trees that you have to figure out what to do with like where are you planting these and to me i think that this is a perfect representation of how kim doesn't think things through yeah (laughs) right during this same series of events we find out that she's apparently hired a decorator and she's directed them to set up the house and all of her wigs are in a perfect line but nothing else in the house is (laughs) close to organized and i'm like you just know that kim direct like listen make sure that the wigs there's like a very clear system in place for these wigs you got to make sure and then didn't follow through with okay where do you want all of these clothes to go or the basement mix. Right? Or the 7,000 boxes that you've brought over. Like, uh, I know. And so the final word from Kim that closes out the entire episode is, fuck you, Kendra. That's right. Kendra, the <laughs> landlord. She really got her. Oh, yeah. Because now I have palm trees. I have <laughs> no idea what to do with. They're just going to die. Oh, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Oh, man. So that <sighs> is the end of the episode. Ooh. Yes. Now, what I'm hoping for soon is that we get all these ladies together. Because I want to see I want to see everybody meet Portia. I know. I can't wait to see what happens next. I know. Okay, Keens. Who's your peach this episode? Oh, that's so hard, but it's not hard. It's Phaedra. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Wow, wow, wow. Listen, and so here is my argument for Phaedra. So Phaedra in this episode, like you see how much she loves her son Mm -hmm. and how she is going to be exorbitantly expensive on creating experiences, right? She curates experiences, if you will. And we also see her refusing to back down from being confronted with receipts which i think (laughs) if there is a housewife alive today who can be confronted with evidence and still find a way to come out smelling like a rose forget about it phaedra is one of a kind and as usual she shined in the episode for me yeah no one else does it like phaedra right who's your peach i think my peach is nini i loved i mean her joke about how big butts are now dialing phones (laughs) 
so good. But all of it, the way she read Kim about all her excuses, the way she pointed out that Kim just has bad credit. Like, I love when she calls Kim out. It's so funny to me. And nobody deserves it more than Kim. <laughs> and she just, like, had me laughing. And I I just adore her. Yeah. Agreed. That's a, that's a really good choice, I have to say. So who's your pit? Oh, pit is also super easy. It's Kim. Like, yeah. Kim just looked even more crazy than usual in this episode. And I feel like part of it was because she was all over the place and her excuses, at least like if the excuse isn't going to make sense, at least make it be entertaining. And this just felt like weird. Yeah. Right. Like you loved your house and then you hated the house. You pay your bills and you're more than welcome. You're, you're more than willing to, um, you know, put it up on Twitter so that people know that you pay your bills, but also I don't think that you do. And there was this weird beat that we didn't even talk about where she suggested that she needed to record everything in the house. Oh, right. We got to film everything here. So we don't pretend that we trashed it. Right. We need to get the sheriff around so that they know that this is because it just, it would just be like Kendra to, you know, come back and, you know, vandalize things and then accuse us of it. And I'm like, Okay, you seem unhinged. Granted, she was at this point, was it seven or eight months pregnant? Very pregnant. At least eight months. Yeah. So she's very pregnant. She's probably super hormonal. Like, and, you know, moving is like one of the most stressful things in life. But still, Kim, no. Pit. Yo, and I did not like the way she was going and yelling at the movers and taking stuff out of boxes that they had already done. So she's my pit as well because I really don't like it to see people treating people who are working for them that way yeah especially it's like i'm sorry you hired a moving company for a couple days like this is not like your butler or something right and they didn't have firm direction and of course they didn't like (laughs) who who i mean granted i am guilty of expecting people to like pack up my things if i like pay them extra for it but to organize your stuff, girl. No. That's not a thing. No. That's not, that's not a thing. I guess, I think maybe for $100,000. <laughs> $101,000. Yeah, Thank like, you okay, much. you're getting that kind of cleaning service that, like, right? the celebs get, I guess. Um, yeah, Kim is also my pit. Um, and I think we saw her in at full like 100% trash this episode and you know it's kind of entertaining but really I only like it when Nini makes fun of it yeah fair fair well I guess that's the end of the episode yeah can't wait for the next one yes join us next week when we recap episode five of season five of Real Housewives of Atlanta bye Double Vision is created by Jules and Keens. Starring Jules and Keens. Produced and edited by Juliana Tringali-Golden.